Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we have Jay Siemens back on the show. Jay's a very popular YouTuber. Most of you have heard of him. If not, look him up on social media or YouTube. I tell you what, this guy, uh, he's just a workhorse in the industry, and it's very... uh, it's a very it's an honor to get an opportunity to talk to Jay just because he's so busy all the time. But he's a good friend of the JMO crew here. We really appreciate his content. We're big fans and a very fun conversation. And we talk a lot about fishing in this show, but we definitely uh, are geared towards a little different topic, a little a, a new topic to the show here. And uh, it won't be the last time, but we talk about mentorship, fishing, the fishing industry as a whole, and the participation in the industry. It's been over 30 years, at least here in the United States, since we've sold as many fishing licenses as we ever have. You know, and so, but yet we realize more and more fishing opportunities now with all the technology we have and more we're learning about fish and, and fishing opportunities. The good old days of fishing are right now. But that being said, as individual anglers, it's really up to us to usher in the next generation of anglers. We can't rely on YouTube. We can't rely on TV to be inspiring people to get into fishing. And it's really important that the next generation coming up learns from us and learns the learns not only how to fish, but just you know the ethics of fishing, good fishing practices uh, where you live. And so by the end of this conversation, hopefully it gets you thinking and it get, inspires you to take the time to just have a really good conversation or maybe... You know, on your next outing, you plan on just reaching out and finding somebody to bring out that uh, you can introduce to fishing because it's so important for the industry. It's so important for the fishing community to be, you know, those of us to be ushering in the next generation of anglers. And uh, I can tell you what, the good old days of fishing are right now, and there's really no excuse uh, for us not to be passing on these passions and traditions onto the next generation. So that's what this conversation is all about. We talk about how important it is to to be good mentors, talk a little bit about how to be a good mentor, how to approach that conversation and who you should be looking for and seeking out and how you how to navigate those conversations even to non-anglers. You know, so many of us probably have an experience of talking to somebody on the street that you know, sees you in your boat or or buying some bait at a gas station or whatever it is and and, uh, you know, they don't know what's going on and, and, and they might ask you some pretty, pretty funny questions, but it's not to be offended. You got to treat everybody with a little bit of grace and, and just have a smile on your face and be a good, you know, just be a good steward of, of, uh, of fishing. Uh, because as anglers, that's what we all are. You know, we're, we're, it's up to us to really disciple the next generation of anglers. And that's what we talk about in this show. And we definitely talk about the fishing opportunities that are out there that are so perfect for mentoring somebody. And the fishing season that we're in right now, ice fishing is the perfect time of year to be taking somebody new out and uh, giving them a positive fishing experience and and to remember what it was like for all of us and how important fishing is to us in our lives and remember what it was like or what life would, would have been like if somebody wouldn't have taught us about fishing or taken us out fishing or mentored us. Uh, you know, getting into fishing. It's such a such an important element to every angler's angling uh, uh, career. I know it is for me. I'm so thankful that, you know, my family introduced me to fishing at a young age and it didn't take long for that to become a tremendous passion. And I look back on just how important that has been in my whole entire life and how much I get out of fishing. So it's a very, uh, a very important conversation to have, something that I'm very passionate about. Obviously, something Jay is very passionate about as well. And hopefully by the end of this, it inspires you uh, to think about who you are going to mentor and the next opportunity you're going to have to mentor somebody 
and introduce them to a good fishing experience. So let's get into this interview. This is a little bit of a long intro, but you know, just kind of setting up the plot for this conversation. I've got Jay Siemens on the show this week. We're talking about mentorship. Let's get into the interview. It's been a long while since I've had you on, and a lot has changed since then. Uh, you were uh, uh, you had uh, you know, a baby on the horizon. Yep. Well, that's that's uh, you're you're eight months into fatherhood, and uh, you're a seasoned veteran now uh, of that. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and you're still just just grinding and pumping out great content. Uh, definitely can't say that enough. Uh, I'm a big fan. Everybody here at the JMO crew is a big fan of your stuff. But to start this off. Where we left off last time, you said something that really stuck with me and has really like been bouncing around my head a lot. You like talking to people that don't fish or or don't fish at all, no experience. They, you know, there's just something about those conversations with you know, beginning anglers or, or people with no experience that uh, was just something. You know, you made that comment, and then we ran out of time, so I couldn't even ask you about it. I've been thinking about that a lot. I want to dive into that as a topic and uh, make it relatable to people uh, along the lines of mentorship and, and why these conversations are important. What, yeah. did, what did you mean by that? And, and just uh, where can we go on that topic, man? Because I think that's really cool of you to say. Yeah, I think that's uh, a lot to unpack. But I mean, we have some time to, to dive into that. Man, I mean, like I think from a from one standpoint, when I think about fishing, it, it, even, even amongst fishermen versus, you know, before we bring non-fishermen into it, I think fishing has this special thing that it, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, where you're from, how old you are. When I started fishing, when I was 14, 15 years old and like fishing message boards were a thing, I would get into these conversations with 50, 60 year old fishermen. I'd end up going on trips with them because we had fishing in common, right? It didn't matter anything else. And I find like the older I get in life, it's just like fishing is often the, the common thread that that keeps keeps people in my life. And it's that common denominator of, of you know, something to talk about. And I, I, that, that's that, that that's, I guess, on, on one point amongst fishermen. The cool part of it is that it doesn't really discriminate amongst who you're talking to. And then I think everyone has like maybe some people have no interest in fishing, but I feel like a lot of people have fished once or twice in their life and they maybe have a slight interest or they maybe don't, maybe don't know that much and have interest in going deeper, but just don't maybe have the resources to getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, and then that's where like, that's where they come into to your life or they run into you some way, somehow, you know, or somebody like you or just, you know, the guy on the street that has that nice boat parked out in front of his house. And, um, you know, those conversations, I think, are kind of clunky for, you know, an above average angler that uh, probably has a lot of information or something to offer that person. And it's important, you know, maybe we should start there, like these conversations, um, you know, amongst ourselves, as well as these conversations with, say, you know, beginning or non, not so much anglers. That's a prospective angler, and it's kind of important for our industry to grow. Like if you if you angle you if you're if you're worried about conservation whatsoever, like you know we need more anglers. It educates people on what conservation is. It's it's more money into the system um, that helps with con- conservation. Like there's just so much value in our industry growing, and and not even to talk about 
you know, growing it within your family because it's a passion of yours and it's, uh, you know, it's just something you, a tradition you want to pass on. And it's like, that might be kind of clunky for some, some people. And, um, so I think, I think that's going to be a huge part of it is like, uh, you know, if we can keep, just have a conversation about it and what, yeah. what's interesting about a conversation like that to you might help teach people kind of how to have that conversation and realize that it is important and then maybe inspire them to go and seek it out even like, cause I think yeah. that's something that we ought to be doing as anglers. You should see some, some kid riding his bike in the driveway all by himself. Go knock on the door, take that kid and his dad fishing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we need to be thinking that stuff. I, I, I really absolutely. Yeah. It, I, I had an interesting conversation. Uh, ah, this was a couple months ago and a guy, a guy just messaged me and he said, you know, I think, I think social media and YouTube fisherman is ruining fishing. He just sent this message to me and I'm just like, there's two ways, there's two ways to view this topic. Right. And it's either, you know, you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And me now like make, making YouTube videos, I started making YouTube videos just to document what I do. And I'm like, if people watch, it's great. Now there's people watching it and it's, it's very humbling. I'm very blessed to do what I do, but I also take a responsibility in that. So it's with that. It's like, okay, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? This guy's like, well, YouTubers are ruining fishing. Well, it's like, well, what you said earlier is the more people you get fishing, the more money you get on conservation. So it's, it's, we can dive deeper into that, but it's like, you know, if they're not going to learn it from you, they're going to learn it from somewhere else. Right. So it's just like, if, if you are a hardcore angler, you want it, you want to get as many people into fishing as you want. If it's like you said, it brings more money into the industry. It brings more money into brands, all that stuff for selfish reasons. You could say all that, but at the end of the day, these people are going to learn from somewhere and you want them to learn correctly. I think most anglers want people to learn correctly, right? Want people to learn proper fish handling, you know, selective harvest, knowing which fish to, to keep and which fish, which fish to release. And, you know, if, if you're not going to try to help that, and if you just don't want to encourage the next sit like the next generation, if you're just going to go do your own thing, well, it's like, well, you're not really helping it then. Right. So that, that comment really fired me up because it's just like, no, I, I, I feel a responsibility. I think any hardcore angler feels that responsibility. I'm not saying everyone's going to go out and become a professional tournament angler or, or have a fishing show of their own, but it's just like, even in the smallest sense, if you can, you know, teach someone that a fish should be out of the water for less than 30 seconds, you know, have your gear ready, have the proper release tools. I think that's an important thing, but, um, we just live in an interesting time where everyone gets their info from different places. Right. And it's just like, it's, it's our responsibility. Cause once you put something out into the public, people don't always have that meter. Like you or I might, because we breathe and live fishing, right? You're around Jason all the time. Oh, I'm yeah. around a bunch of, you know, guys that are much better anglers than me. And I, I watch what they do. And it's like, you just get accustomed to that. But if you're only fishing, you know, a couple times a year, you don't have that same gauge necessarily to know what's right and what's wrong. And you know, maybe your uncle keeps a lot more fish than he should. And it's like, oh, well, Uncle Fred does it. Well, I'm going to do it too, right? But it, it's trying to find the that meter. And 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 the more you get into fishing, the more you realize where that is. But I think it's, uh, yeah, I think just teaching that at every at every corner. And, and and the thing is too, like you can't, I don't think you can dumb it down too much for someone. Um, I filmed for Aaron Weave for Uncut Angling for many years. And he did a good job of appealing to, you know, 
from beginner all the way to expert, I think he probably favored a little more to the expert level. And that's why a lot of hardcore anglers loved what he did. But there's also massive value in, in dumbing it down to people that are just getting into fishing because that's a bigger demographic than the hardcore angler, right? Like the hardcore anglers, 1% of right. fishermen, there's 99% that don't know how to tie a boat onto a dock, right? Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's just like, it's so easy to get caught up in, in, in wanting to appeal to the, to the hardcore. But I think it's important to just take a step back and it's like, okay, well, let, let's just, let's make sure we're teaching the basics to not, whatever the 90% of people, right? So that's a battle I have with myself all the time because I, you know, I, I love to go in depth and get in, into all the nitty gritty stuff, but then it's like, oh, I should take a step back. And it's like, some people don't know what not to tie, what these different fish, you know, what sort of structure they favor and, and, and that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, yeah. it's knowing, it's knowing where to start, right? Some of these YouTube channels like yours has become a tremendous mentor for a lot of people. But when you look back in history before we had YouTube or any of that stuff, like yeah, there was we sold a lot more fishing licenses. I, I just got some really crude data, you know, uh, uh, that I, everybody's been talking about lately. Just in in this COVID era, like you know, we started selling fishing licenses, you know, down in the states where I'm at. Down, you know, we started yeah. back in like the early 1900s. I think there's a. Uh, I looked it up like on a Google. Uh, I don't know if it's fact or not, but the first fishing license was sold in Pennsylvania in 1919, right? Yeah. Okay, so we go that far back, and uh, and but as a country, we peaked in 1991. We sold the huh. most fishing licenses we've ever sold in our country in 1991, and our population in our country has grown like a hundred million. Not it, again. Don't quote me. It's like close. Yeah, it's yeah. like 90 million piece. Uh, people and we're and we're not selling as many fishing licenses with that many more people right so like in 30 plus years we still can't achieve like peak participation in, in comparison to our old selves so it's like somewhere along the line people stopped bringing people into into the deal i i think that we need to be thinking about that a little bit more is like you know it's not the industry's responsibility entirely to to do this this mentoring like i think as individuals we need to be thinking about that so the people listening to this yeah we'll get into some fishing here at some point but i really i really kind of want to harp on this for a little bit so for you i'd I'd like to have you maybe share some stories you know you've been to a lot of sports shows you know you're 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 young in your career but you had to have had some conversations that maybe have stuck with you what what would be an example of some cool conversations you've had what would be some stories uh, along those lines for you I, I will share some stories, but I guess what I think of is I got into fishing at a very young age. Hunting, I only got into later in life and it was intimidating. And I had a couple people take me out and it just took one or two people taking me out. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can do this on my own. But if it wasn't for those one or two people taking me out, it would have been a different trajectory. And that that when I make videos, I think about that. I'm like, well, not everyone has their their uncle or their grandpa or whoever that that family member, whoever that might be. So I, I think about like, you know, what would the trajectory be different for me? It was my grandpa getting me to fishing. And then, yeah, as far as stories go, I mean, so I, I mentioned earlier, Aaron Weeb, who filmed Uncut Angling, when he was young, he got to do a, a, a career day where you follow someone that you, you know, you're interested in their career and you follow them around for the day. 
And Aaron followed around a guy named Don Lamont, who is like a longtime TV host. He had a fishing show out of Winnipeg uh, in, in the central Canada scene. He's, he's well known. And Aaron got to follow Don around and Don showed him around and I'm sure didn't have to allow this kid to shadow him for the day. Right. But he allowed that. And then you flash forward 10 years and Aaron's got a fishing show and he's one of the biggest names in, in, you know, Oh, absolutely. You know, right. And then there's a kid named Nolan Plue that Aaron brought along on one of our ice fishing videos. We did a tiger trout video and we kidnapped him on his way home from school. And he came and filmed a video with us. And I don't want to say that's necessarily why he's into fishing now, but now he's, you know, a very successful angler. He's a guide. And it's just like, sometimes as the mentor, you might just glaze over that and be like, eh, does it really help me taking a kid out for one day? But then you look, you take a step back and it's like, well, maybe that is why the trajectory is this way. Maybe not, but it's just like, you you never know what one day can mean to somebody. And yeah, it's, it, you never know the impact you can have on someone basically is, is, is what I'm saying. Like I can remember when I was in, uh, you know, I think it was grade, I'm trying to think what grade it was. It was probably grade six or grade seven. And we had an interview. We tried to interview a celebrity for some school project. And I interviewed, uh, this, uh, TV fisherman, his name is Italo Labignan, Canadian sport fishing. He was based out of Toronto. And he took the time to not just answer my email, but he called and answered all the videos or answered all the questions and left it a message on my voicemail. And I was like, whatever, 13 years old. We left that voicemail on my parents answering machine for like four or five years. I wouldn't let them delete it because it meant so much to me. Does Italo know that it meant that much to him? No. I mean, would I still be on the same trajectory otherwise? Maybe, but, but maybe not. And it's just, you never know him just taking a little more time or somebody taking a little more time at the boat ramp. It's like, you, you can't underestimate what those moments can be. And that's something for me too, that I always need to remind myself of. It's just like, just take a step back. And it's like, you know, why am I doing this? How can I potentially help someone? And, and, you know, with a lot of my videos and stuff, one of my goals for this year was I just need to take more people out fishing so often I'm by myself, um, just for the sake of scheduling, or whatever I go out and try to film a video. It's like, why, why don't I take someone out, you know, take a kid out, take someone out that doesn't get out very often. So that's something that I'm working on personally. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of stories out there about a, a person getting out once and it kind of changing their relationship with fishing in the outdoors. And- the JMO podcast is sponsored by long haul trucking. Long Haul's always looking for more skilled professional CDL drivers to join their team. They're a people-first company, and it shows. Their employee-owned, asset-based fleet of over 350 Conestogas is among industry leaders in pay and benefits geared towards long-term success and growth for company drivers and owner-operators. If you're a professional driver or a company that wants to ship product with the best in the business, get a hold of Long Haul at 1-800-255-5153 or find them online at longhaultrucking.com. Long haul, running on the power of promises kept. That it's up to us as individuals to do a lot of this. And I think that, like, again, this is just some amateur's theory that, you know, gosh, you look at, you know, the influx of population in North America, you look at, you know, the fishing opportunities are as good as they've ever been. We're not having a conversation about the fact that there's less and less fish everywhere. It's like we're identifying all these great bites on lakes that have been fished forever. 
So yeah. we know that there's more going on out there than we ever even thought of, and there's more opportunity than we've than we've ever known before. And we're talking about it all the time, um, but we're so busy talking about forward sonar, and you know we're so busy talking about you know the next best thing in the industry that um, these are the same anglers, the same anglers that are worried about all those things need to need to set aside some time to to take somebody fishing or have those conversations um, whenever they get a chance, just a little bit better than they handled them before, for sure. Yeah. But, well, and I, I think the other thing too is like, uh, people, I, I've heard many times, it's just, uh, someone would say when, when you take your, you know, your kid out fishing or whatever, it's just like, oh, that it's, it's so fulfilling taking your kid out to experience that for the first time, but it doesn't have to be your kid. Like it could be, uh, you know, I, I, I took a buddy out this winter who doesn't ice fish that much. And he had a great day and, uh, you know, you or I have probably experienced some pretty phenomenal fishing over the years. We've been lucky to fish with some great guys. I'm sure like you, you just, you end up on some great bites. And for me, I don't want to say I'm jaded, but I've just, I I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. Very, very fortunate. And at a certain point it's like, well, if I caught another 28 inch walleye, that'd be cool. But if buddy caught it a 28 inch walleye, that'd be so much cooler. You know, you know what I mean? It, me, I, I, I love, you know, if, if I catch a nice fish, that's great. But if, if someone else can do that, I, um, you know, there's, there's definitely still fish that, that get me very excited and all that, but there's a lot of fish that don't get me as excited as they used to. And they get me more excited if someone else catches them. Right. So if someone wants to come in my boat and they catch the 40 inch bike, I would be so much happier than if I got the 40 inch bike. Right. Oh and yeah. Just, just to be a part of that and to facilitate that. So I think that's something that, you know, it's, it's always easy to be selfish. And even when you take buddies out, it's just like, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, I wish I would have caught that fish, but you take a step back. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's good for this other person. And it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good for the sport in whatever reason you, you might like from a conservation from, if you want just more licensed dollars, whatever it might be more, more people buying fishing tackle, you know? Yeah. It's, it's all good. It's a win-win for everyone. And that's the thing too, is like some people might say, oh, there's more people on the lake. Well, it's like, there's more people on the lake. There's more money, licensed dollars. There's more money in conservation. It's just like that. That's the, that's the, I guess the double-edged sword of all this, but it's just, you get more money put into it and it, it helps better regulation and better education and all those things. So it's just like, I, I know some people selfishly may want to be like, I want the lake all to myself. I don't want to see another angler, but I don't want that. I love seeing people out there. When I go to Lake Winnipeg and I see hundreds of trucks and shacks out there, I'm like, this is awesome. When I see families and lots of people out there, it's like, that, that's what I want to see, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I think that education piece of it is just, is huge. It's like, it probably means even more than money. Like if, if you introduce somebody to, um, you know, a fishing experience, shore fishing, and all they ever use is a split shot and a hook it fish from the bank for the rest of their life. Like, and the, and you kind of dial them into that passion. It just, it, they're going to inevitably edge be more educated. Um, you know, they're, they're going to learn about the ecosystem. They're going to learn biology, you know, that, you know, they're going to learn about the fish that they fish for. Like, you know, just having more educated individuals out there means more to the industry probably than how many jigs they buy, you know, yeah. and, and how many crankbaits they buy in all honesty. So, you know, my motivation in this is purely just to, um, just entertain ourselves here for, for this amount of time talking about just the importance and just the different avenues and, and just, um, you know, just kind of 
how to approach those types of interactions and, and, and conversations as anglers that, that we are. You don't have to have a big YouTube channel, um, you know, to, to definitely be a mentor. So the next time somebody asks you, you know, something about fishing, um, after you mentor them a little bit, then you can send them to Jay's YouTube channel, but don't just send them to Jay's YouTube channel and walk away. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, uh, anyways, but that being said, I mean, we can't just sit and harp on this uh, entirely. I want to move this into some fishing a little bit along those lines. When we talk about, you know, introducing somebody to fishing or giving somebody a little different fishing experience, there's, it's not every single fishing experience um, you know, you know, even like where, you, where you live and work, you know, uh, in Ma- in and around Manitoba and, and everywhere that you've been. And, you know, yeah. we, we spend a lot of time in the Midwest, like not every single fishing experience every time of year is for this type of, you know, mentoring somebody like there's different fishing opportunities that, um, I'd like to hear you talk about a little bit, just in terms of advice. Like, you know, if, if you are thinking about bringing somebody fishing, and it's their first time or, or something to that effect. Yeah. You know, like where are the destinations? Where are some of the, what are some of the recommendations on your side of things? Like your perspective that, you know, people need to be looking at or or thinking about. Yeah. That, that's a great uh, question. I, I battle with, you know, myself and I guess I've learned it with dating my, you know, my now wife, Samantha is, I, I love the exploratory trips going three lakes back in the bush and, you know, the Hail Mary. I, I could go I could go get skunked nine out of ten times, but the tenth time the thought that it could be a home run, I'm fine with that. That's not the trip for someone that isn't a hardcore angler. Like I, I love this. So, so yeah, like the the first thing is it's when you take someone new out, it's the time to go to your tried and true, your spot. It's your time to go fish a memory you know, to go to maybe a, a community spot if, if that's something you have confidence in, but it's not the time to go explore that. I, I think that's, you know, my first bullet point of, of advice is go somewhere you have some confidence. If you're going to go explore, I know it could go well, but that's probably not the time for rookie. And then, and then as well, do not go to some, tar- don't, don't, don't take the musky fishing. Don't, you know, don't go trophy fishing, go somewhere with action. Right. So, I mean, the obvious is pan fish is, is a good one. Uh, you know, if there's a walleye spot or there's lots of walleyes, whatever, some, something interactive, right? Um, I think it's easy to get caught up and people want the big fish, but I think, you know, 90% of fish, even for my guiding days up North, people would come up to the lodge and they'd be like, I want big fish. They don't actually want big fish. They want to catch fish. They talk the talk, but as soon as they get in the boat, if they're catching fish, they're happy. I think, I think that's an important, important thing to keep in mind is, you know, if, if you bring them to a spot where there's lots of fish, they catch 20 or 30 panfish. Like, okay, I want to go chase after a muskie. That's cool. If they are like, oh, I want to go fish for muskies for the first time, they might not actually want to fish for muskies. They might just think it's, it's, the, it's the cool thing to say, right? So you kind of got to gauge that. But I would say in general, you know, go to your confidence spots. Go where there's a lot of fish. Don't go when the weather's crazy, you know, and don't burn them out because you or I could fish 12 hours and not even think about it. I go 12 hours not think about bringing along food. Meanwhile, they're like, do we have, do we have snacks packed? Do we have drinks? Do we have, you know, all this stuff. You're, I might not even think about that, especially I'm thinking about your elk hunts and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. you're probably going on ridiculous trips. And, you know, I, I feel bad sometimes with, you know, my camera guy, Brandon's amazing about it, but I'll be like, dude, I packed no food for today. He's like, oh no, it's fine. But I, I I'm like, I'm a bad boss. Cause it's like, 
we should, we should have food along. Right. But I just don't think about that because I'm so focused on fishing and the task at hand. Right. But it's like, you bring someone new and it's just like the thought of being on a boat for six hours is crazy, let alone 12 hours or the ice or wherever, whatever you're doing. Right. So I think that's uh, important to keep in mind. Oh yeah. You, you definitely, we can, we can definitely dig into a couple of things that you said there in terms of like scenarios. Yeah, I agree. 110%. Make it as easy as possible just in terms of comfort level. Um, you know, and just, you know, whatever their, their, you know, sort of physical and emotional comforts are, you know, gauge that and, um, and try to make it a layup. And, and that's, that kind of comes down to some of those conversations too. Like, you know, as a fishing guide, you said it, like people come, and they tell you they want to catch monsters. But you know, as an experienced angler, like you got to be able to navigate those conversations without offending somebody like, hey, yeah. I know I know from experience um, and, and no disrespect, but like, I think what, what would really help you, you know, gain the most of uh, out of what today could be is to catch more fish versus a few big fish because everything that goes into it is a totally different experience. Or you don't even tell them, you just take them to a number spot and then they're just all <laughs> giddy with, you know, yeah. there's definitely times where I had that when I was guiding and it's just like, no, we're going to bring you to a number spot and we'll see how much you actually like just catching fish. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to go to those high percentage spots for sure. Um, do you have any stories like that? Like you're talking about, uh, you know, you and Sam, I love that. I was so glad that you brought that up. So I, I need you to tell me a story or two. Like early on, like what, you know, between the two of you, like what were some of your big successes as a boyfriend? Um, Because this will be relatable whether it's a relationship thing or not. Like what were some of your successes where when it happened, you know, like, you know, you packed the right snacks um, or, you know, you you guessed the weather just right or the bite itself. Like what, what were some of the bites? What were some of the fishing experiences that you had early on in your dating relationship that um that 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 went really well <laughs> i can think of more than went wrong that than went well I, I asked think. that for a reason i i didn't want to i didn't want to bring up like scarring memories so i kind of geared it towards if you had any successes but no, probably i can, I the can definitely think of some too. flops i can think of like yeah trying to catch sam trying to catch her first muskie and you know we did a couple partial days and we ended up uh you know she caught her first muskie you know, near Kenora, we could have ran all over the lake and we happened to be fishing near town and she caught her first muskie. So that kind of gave her the muskie bug. Um, and there's other times where I did bring her on exploratory missions. And I can remember one time where the gas line broke on my sled and we had to go get rescued with jerry cans of gas. And that was tough. And then another time where we're breaking trail through the bush and things were not looking very bleak. And then she caught the biggest wall of her life. And then it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's I, I don't like rolling the dice like that with her for sure. Um, you know, it's I I seem to think it's a good idea and I keep tricking myself into thinking that's a good idea. But like, you know, probably fishing off the ice road on Lake of the Woods is a little bit safer. There's less room for air and stuff compared to bushwhacking a couple lakes deep and stuff. So, um, yeah, no, we've we've had our our, our share of successes and, and failures, but uh they, you know, they all make good stories regardless, but I'm still, I'm still learning, uh, you know, how to, how to gauge what, what the right trip is. Right. Yeah. 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 You got to cater the trip. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, you know, when you're taking your friend out, your significant other, whoever it is, that's, that's, you're being a fishing guide, right? There's, yeah, you're mentoring them, but that, that's essentially what being a fishing guide is. And that's, I guess what I learned over those, those years working at different lodges and 
Northern Canada and stuff is everyone, you got to figure out what the expectations are. That's the most, I mean, that's in life. So many arguments and confrontations are based around expectations and not meeting those or having, you know, too high of expectations. So I think that's like the most important thing when someone gets in the boat uh, is, is determining what those are and then how to achieve those. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, my relation to that is in hunting. It's it's absolutely the exact same thing. And getting good at that conversation over time and experience, but like it's not something that you're born with. So yeah, like that's that's really, you know, a big part of the message in mentorship is like those are the conversations that get forgotten. Yeah. And and it's like, well, I'm just going to take somebody fishing and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And they see your pictures on Facebook and Instagram of how great of a fisherman you are but they don't know about the tough days, you forget to warn them, you know, or, or you'd have a hard time really depicting that. And I think those are conversations too. It's like, you just really need to be thinking that you need yeah. to be thinking that you got to wrap your head around that a little bit about yourself, be self-aware. And, um, and, and then some real good can come of it. Just really, really fun, awesome, rewarding experiences can happen. Uh, you know, when, when you take the time, not every time, but just some of the time, just and start with one time where yeah. you, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you look for that opportunity to have a conversation, you know, with somebody or, or to actually take them fishing or something to that effect, man. I just think that that is, uh, we just got to be thinking about that. So yeah, man, I like your reflection. I really like your reflection on that. Thank you for sharing that. What would be another, um, in your mind, a good fishing experience to take somebody on? Well, it's, it's funny. And, and, and this story, uh, is very current. And it, it definitely, um, it just worked out too good, but there's, there's my buddy Jake and I've never fished with him before. I run into him at, at fishing events and stuff. And he, he watches every video and can quote any line from any video. And just like, he's, he's the best. He's such a happy, anyone that knows Jake, Jake is awesome. Right. And just like I was saying, I go fishing by myself all the time. And the other day, you know, I'm, it's Friday night. I'm going to go fishing by myself on Saturday. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring Jake fishing. Why, why don't I like invite him? So I invited him super last minute. He's like vibrating. He's so excited to come. So we made a video of it. It was, it was the whole uh, concept of the video was, you know, ice fishing with an underwater drone. I got an underwater drone. I'm like, I want to try this thing out. Jake was along. So I didn't even tell him I was bringing it along. I opened up the suitcase, which how is this underwater drone? He saw it. He had no idea. Like it was just, his reaction was priceless. We caught some smallies and largies through the ice, which he's never done before. He was like, he was asking me about frostbite rods that I was using and stuff. And, and I already at the start of the day was like, I'm going to, I'm going to give Jake a rod. He'd been messaging me. I'm like, he's a good guy. I'm going to give him a rod at the end of the day. And then at the end of the video, I'll give him a rod and he's just over the moon. And it was just like, the best day ever. And it felt so fulfilling for me. He had lost a big bass with like half an hour left to go in the day. And I'm just like, ah, oh, that's too bad. He's beating himself up, beating himself up. We end up catching a double header of a small and a large at the end of the day. And the whole thing's captured on film. So he's happy. And, you know, we've got that video and, and all of that alone would already be such a good experience, such a good memory. And of all the videos I've ever posted on YouTube, it's, on track to probably hit a million views before any other video. It's at 800,000 views now in like uh, less than two months. And it's just like, what are the odds that happen? And you see the comments, you're like, Jake's just such a good guy. I'm so excited. He's got such good vibes. And I'm just like, 
maybe it's just a fluke. Maybe it's just uh, you know a sign from God that you know I don't know. So it, it was just a good thing to have. But I, I don't know. I don't want to read into it like too much. But it was just funny that like the day I decided to bring Jake, he's such a happy guy. We filmed this video. Video aside, it's just like the best day. And then the video does better than any other video I've ever posted. And it's like, is that a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe I need to take more. Maybe I need to take Jake fishing more, right? You know, if you have any fishing memory that you would like to commemorate or have questions about commemorating a fishing memory with a replica made of any fish that has ever graced your net. Get in touch with Rizavi Fish Replicas, owned and operated by Jamie Rizavi over in uh, New Rockford, North Dakota at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can find them online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com or find them on Facebook at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can see the pictures here at the JMO headquarters in Devil's Lake. We have some phenomenal replicas made by Jamie and his crew hanging on our walls, which we absolutely love. They look absolutely perfect, just like the fish that were reeled in that day. And every chance we get to go in and admire them and tell those stories and share those stories with each other, we absolutely do. Again, if you want, or if you have any questions about getting a fish replica made to commemorate any great trophy memory you have of fishing, Get in touch with Jamie Rizvi at Rizvi Fish Replicas. You won't be disappointed. This is this is me thinking something I probably yeah. shouldn't do very much of, but I truly believe that there is there is traction in the industry when you represent the type of of fishing experiences that would represent, you know, wh- what somebody's grandpa could be doing for them. You know, or, or or that what that first time experience of X, Y, or Z is, and it's you know like shore fishing. Shore fishing will never ever ever get old as it pertains to content creation because it's still it's just never not going to be super it's always popular. Yeah. yeah, and and ice fishing I think is really you know I could make this point earlier, uh, or I should have made this point earlier in the episode. I'll probably put it in the intro, but like. I think ice fishing is right there. It's definitely ahead of 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 like open water fishing in You, you in don't general. need a, a $50,000 boat, you know? You don't need a big truck. You can walk out anywhere. There's ice roads in a lot of places where you can drive your, you know? It's yeah. Yeah, I think that I think ice fishing is right where it's at when it comes to um, you know, the mentorship and the opportunities that we have as, as, uh, you know, the modern day anglers out there listening to this, like ice fishing is definitely some low hanging fruit to be a mentor, leave your stamp of, uh, uh you know, kind of your, your tradition and, and your brand on, on somebody or, or multiple somebodies. And, um, you know, just uh, have a little bit of a little bit of legacy out there, if you will, because, you know, you and Jake, you know, you, you definitely even just your videos alone were making a big impact on 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 Jake. Um, but yeah, man, behind the scenes, like what you just talked about is really it. That's the pixie dust of that video Yeah, is is just that there is an experience there and people are in people are inspired by it because maybe nobody's helping them do that thing. You know, yeah. maybe nobody's bringing them out fishing and they're going out, they're, they're battling, they're self-made, they're, they're trying to learn on their own. Um, and there's a lot of pride in that, uh, for sure. But I tell you what, like, you know, you taking Jake out, you know, it, it, that awesome, awesome stuff. And well, it's and well the deserved. thing is, you know, you, you, 
I think especially with what we do, you make videos and sometimes you get into the, you know, the, the habit of maybe trying to chase, you know, what the next trending thing's going to be. I used an underwater drone, which I thought would be something fun. I don't know if it would do good or not do good or whatever, but uh, I think it's just a lesson. It's just like, you know, have fun and, and I don't know, don't take fishing too seriously. That's the thing too. It's just like, I love to do a trip with my hardcore buddies, but it's just, I don't know. It's at the end of the day, it's just fishing. And I know that sounds like I'm downplaying it, but it's, it's just fishing at the end of the day. It happens to be, you know, a living for us. But, uh, yeah, I try, I try not to take it too seriously and try, I think everyone should enjoy it or try it at least once. I don't think it's for everyone, but you know, yeah, I don't, I don't ever feel bad taking fishing seriously. I just try not to take myself too seriously. No, <laughs> so that's, know? that's actually good. I, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, man, I'll overthink fishing all day long and never apologize for it. But, uh, I'm the first one to laugh when I dump a big fish at the hole. You know, it's like, you just can't take yourself too seriously. Oh yeah. You know, for sure, man. And you, you said that about the videos and stuff, like showing the experiences. I don't, I mean, people could say it's because I don't catch big fish, but I don't want to be the guy known for catching a big fish every video. Cause I don't think that's, it's hard to live up to real life either. And then, and then someone's, you know, then there's that expectation every time. I just want to be the guy that, you know, goes fishing and, can tell an entertaining story. That's my goal. Right. And sometimes it is catching a big fish. A lot of times it's not. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. No, I think there's something to it, man. I I mean, you know, algorithms and thumbnails and, you know, clickbait, all that stuff aside, when you show a good fishing experience, it transcends, um, you know, the rod you're using, the, the bait you're using, uh, you know, the, the snowmobile that you drove in on 30 years from now, watching that fishing experience, all that stuff's going to be replaced with something better. Um, you know, the, the tangible stuff, but, uh, the fishing experience and the things that were taught to somebody that hasn't had that experience yet, that yeah. stuff will live forever. Uh, and we ought to be able to learn from that. And, and yeah, man, I think that, I think the industry is starving for mentors. I think we need to be touching these people that are on the fence that, you know, yeah, they need they need their trajectory to start moving in the right direction. And the more anglers we have, you know, whether the industry makes more money or not, it's just people that are educating themselves and uh, about the right things. That's what's good yeah. for the industry. That's the good stuff right there, I think. Absolutely. Yep. Right on, man. Well, we got the time. We've got it all nailed down, like maybe even extra. But that being said, what can what else can we talk about to promote anything that you want to throw out there? Well, if anyone's looking for a fishing adventure this summer, I've been building an outpost on Lake of the Woods yeah. called Uncle Mark's Outpost. I'll give a little, I'll give a little plug to that. Yep. Um, basically a year ago, uh, a couple buddies, my neighbor, Scott Green and uh, buddy Spencer Crusoe, the two of them had bought it a lot on Lake of the Woods and they said, Hey Jay, do you want to, do you want to join in on this? And I was just like, ah, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then they showed me where the lot was and told me a little more about it. I'm like, okay, I'll buy in. So I, I, I partnered with them on it and they're like, oh, we're going to build a little trapper's cabin. It'll, it'll be good. Eventually we'll build something bigger. Maybe we'll rent it out. And then I joined in and then I opened it up to the YouTube community and all of a sudden an architect designed a cabin. And next thing we knew, it was just like, boom, a full project. And I will, I have said this before, I would not recommend having a baby and building a cabin in the same summer. That was absolute pandemonium. Oh, I don't man. regret it, but it was absolute chaos. Anyways, the cabin now, which was a stressor point in my life, in my marriage, in many things for the last couple of months now has come to the point where it's 
nearing completion. And it's one of my favorite places on earth. And we've opened it for bookings. So it's called Uncle Mark's Outpost. If you go to unclemarksoutpost.com, you can check it out. But I've, I've been documenting it through through YouTube, which that was the, the one part is like, we were talking about videos and a different experience. That was something where I didn't need to catch a fish. It was a different story I could tell. So I think we're now on chapter 17 of building this cabin. And each chapter, there is some fishing, there is some hunting, but it's it's building this off-grid, solar-powered cabin on an island on Lake of the Woods. And now it's to the point where we're kind of opening it up for the public. So this spring, you can rent it if you want. It's kind of like an Airbnb type setup. You can rent it for a week. You can be guided. You can do it on your own, kind of whatever you want. But uh, it's it's a pretty cool spot. I'm excited to spend some time there. We've been down there in the winter a couple times, and uh, it's it's getting close. Right on, man. Dang, dude, I'm gonna have a hard time not booking the, a trip on my own with my buddies. I think that'd be really, really fun. And do what it. do you what do you got around there? It's, it's Lake of the Woods. It's pro- you probably have access to everything. But is there maybe? And I, I probably won't. I probably won't air this part because I don't want to pigeonhole you into one thing. But what's the specialty right there? Is it is it a musky deal? Is it a walleye deal? What's the deal it's, there? I mean, it's it's a great part of the lake for muskies. It's it's everything really. Like okay, I mean that the, aside from lake trout, you'd have to boat away for lake trout, but. I mean, there's there's a kid that was staining the cabin, and he was sending me pictures of muskies and bass and walleyes he's catching right behind the cabin. Like, that's the thing. You could catch a muskie off the dock, you catch a walleye off the dock. Like, it's it's just uh, it's part of lake where there's a lot of current, a lot of fish moving through, and yeah, you can do a bit of everything. So that's that's right. what I like about it. Yeah, golden, golden, golden. Yeah, yeah. We're over on time. That that'll be where I'll cut it off, man. That'll be that'll be the last deal. So I appreciate it. I appreciate everything. Yeah, man. I'll let you go. Take care. Have a good one.